The Crow Show on Triple M with Sauce. Sauce, a left foot snap, and he gets his second goal. And Tomo. I've never played the game, okay, so you can clip me to bugger. Ah, hello to you, Adelaide Crows fans. Thank you so much for jumping on board the Crows radio show for another Sunday morning. We're here until 10 o'clock and, uh, yeah, looking forward to the next hour and, and what it holds as I uh, welcome my partner in crime. 208 games to his name, three-time showdown medalist Sam Jacobs. Hello, mate. How are you, Tomo? It's great to be here on the Sunday morning. It's nice to uh, come away after a, a home game finally. A we've home been, game, We've yeah. been on the road for, it uh, feels like, about a month. So, yeah, couldn't agree uh, more. Yeah, nice to have the game against the D's last night. So, yeah, uh, yeah another, another great show ahead of us. Yeah, for sure, mate. I'm looking forward to this. Going to catch up with Matthew Liptak. Yeah. So, a very, very interesting character, an interesting career about what he's taken post-football. Exactly right. It's always hard managing, I guess, uh, life outside footy and, yeah. and playing, especially through the 90s. So, that's a, a really interesting chat, that one. Orthopedic surgeon can you believe yeah. it like is yeah it, it's quite nuts isn't it yeah it's not quite something i'd fancy myself <laughs> as, as tomo so i'll stick oh, to man. stick to footy i think i uh, also gonna catch up with a uh, young gun defender jordan butts as well yep. and then find out a little bit about his background also. yeah yeah he's he's, he's uh, a really really um key part of the team buttsy and also jared wallace who is a uh, part of our gps analysis and, and obviously high performance team so yep. that'll be a, a different look at footy yep for sure but next we're going to pay tribute to the late great neil knuckles curly uh, just a superstar of south australian football and uh, an even better bloke we're going to pay our respect next here at triple one Neil Curley was born in Barmera in 1934. He spent his first full season in the SNFL with West Adelaide in 1956. You've got to try and win. <laughs> and you've got to do everything humanly possible to help your teammate achieve that. He led the Bloods to the 1961 flag against Norwood, known as the Turkish Bath Grand Final, played in 35-degree heat. As you can see, Neil is a very tired player. How did you find conditions out there today, Neil? Oh, the worst I've ever played on today. They were very hot and the ground was hard and uh, I think everyone was waiting for that final bell in the last quarter. In 1964, he moved to South Adelaide, lifting them from bottom to premiers. South Adelaide scoring a magnificent win. There is Curley, who's done a magnificent job to bring South Adelaide from bottom to top in one season. He joined his third club, Glenelg, in 1967, going on to coach the Tigers and take them to a premiership in 1973. On field, he was known as one of the toughest players around. What about the day that the Central District bloke broke your jaw? Yeah, he hit me from behind when I was on the ground getting the ball. And I'm trying to move my jaw and it's making funny noises. And uh, they said, um, you, you, you've got to come off, your, your jaw's broken. I said, well, fix it up, fix it. <laughs> no mouth guards in those days. So you played the second half with a broken jaw? Yeah. I don't know, I, I, I just had this feeling that you don't leave the ground unless you've got a broken leg or something. He was a prominent figure in the media, often appearing alongside his great mate, KG Cunningham. The king, the man who made it all happen. Early days at the Crows, he was there in the, at Cohart and doing the hard work. The one and only Donald Neil Curley. Fiercely parochial, he was state captain and coach numerous times in the state of origin heyday. Have you got any regrets at all? I think deep down I, I should have gone to Melbourne just for a couple of years. The reason I haven't gone is because I, like, I don't like Melbourne. He became the Adelaide Crows inaugural football manager assisting his friend Graham Corns. Neil Curley has been 
a true mentor and a friend. And eventually recruiting our very own Mark Ricciuto. I went up to watch him play this day. He was uh, 16. Just turned 16 and my best mate ran in there and said, oh, Neil Curley's here to watch it. So I started getting nervous. And he'd been playing centre-half back. I thought, I want to go and have a look at this kid playing centre-half back. So I rang his dad, Murray. He'd organised with Dad to save a car park in where Dad parks. Saved a place for me alongside the boundary to park my car. I had the esky full of <laughs> beer because Murray liked to drink. Curl's pulled up. He gets out. He's got an esky full of beer. I see, I'm looking forward to the boy playing centre-half back today. Where's the lad playing today? He said, no, he's not playing centre-half back. And Dad said, oh, he's playing in the forward pocket. I said, forward pocket? I don't want to see him play forward pocket. So I didn't come up here all the way to watch a lad play in the forward pocket. Put him in the middle. Anyway, I played in the forward pocket. <laughs> Kicked 11. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, well, that night we emptied the esky. Uh, Murray, Murray and I. Kel said, oh, bring him down to Adelaide next year. I think you'll be all right. But we, but we got the signature. <laughs> Neil Curley will be remembered as an icon and one of the most important figures in South Australia's rich football history. Yeah, with me every step of the way. There are people outside of Victoria that can't play and coach. <laughs> the old ones are walking beside me. We're not like that, girls. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> every step of the How would you like to be remembered? Yes, I would like to remember by a player who gave everything he had for his team and to try and win a footy match. Ah, what an absolute superstar. We've lost a beauty there, Sauce. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It still brings a, a bit of a, a shiver and a bit of a tear to the eye. But, um, yeah, what he's been able to do in terms of football, and you can just tell he's just the ultimate family man. We've, we've lost a beauty. Yeah, we have. And obviously, I was born in 1988, so I grew up with curls on our airwaves. So yeah. he was obviously a key part of the Crows, being mm. a footy manager, but also did a lot of boundary riding with um, alongside Dipper yeah, for Channel dip. 7, which, yeah. which provided a lot of, a lot of humorous times. But... Um, you know, you can just hear his passion for, for not only footy, but our state as well. And, mm. you know, it's a different time back then and, you know, they just build him differently. And, um, you could show just by what he was saying, how far he was prepared to go to, to make sure South yeah. Australia got a win. Incredible, actually incredible. I actually know Laurie Rosewarn who had to chew the gum for, uh, Neil Curley, right? So he had to <laughs> chew the gum, right? And you can watch this on open mic. It's incredible. But he gave him a pack of gum, five chewies or something. He had to chew it up for curls and then and then took it out of his mouth, put it into curls' mouth, and then put it up Kidding. into place for him to play the second half. Just incredible. Just built different. It, it's quite crazy. And when you when you hear him say there that you just don't come off a footy field, no. you, you think, you know, in today's world, which I th- it is it is for the better yep. because obviously, um, you know, people play safety or whatnot. Completely but, different. But back then, yeah. it's just uh, you keep playing, you play at all costs. I'll tell you what, if you, if you have a spare 25 minutes or a half an hour today, Make sure you jump on Open Mic and search Neil Curley on YouTube. It is phenomenal. I rewatched it again last night. It is brilliant, Saucy, and he's just, it just tells his story to an absolute T. And uh, and obviously his playing career was 265 games yeah. with, with plenty of premierships and coached for 628 games. That's nuts, isn't it? That is a long time in footy. So and 35 state appearances, or yeah. like, and he just loved playing for his. So state. 1952 debuted for West Adelaide in yep. the league team, and then his last year coaching was in 1990. Yeah, it's so incredible time, like yeah. just a long time in footy, and like you said, a, a guy that will be remembered forever yeah, in South for Australia sure. history. Rest in peace, Knuckles. Triple M. Looking forward to this conversation, Saucy. Jordan Butts joins us on the phone right now. Pick 2018 rookie draft and is seriously an up-and-coming yes. defender. He's going to be fantastic in years to come. Buttsy, you got us. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Ah, mate, thank you so much for, for jumping on the phone. Firstly, how did we pull up? All okay after the game yesterday? 
bad, yeah, now feeling all pretty good, all healthy, which is the main thing. So, yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. Now, how are you enjoying your time over in South Australia, uh, Butsy? Obviously, like we said before, you're from Shepparton, mate. So, you're, uh, yeah, you're enjoying your time here in the city of churches? Yeah, I think uh, Adelaide's a pretty easy place to live in. Not, not too hectic, unlike Melbourne. But, uh, yeah, I'm loving my time in Adelaide and, uh, yeah, love living here. Love it. Now, Butsy, uh, you're, a, you're a Murray Bush Rangers boy, but before that, uh, you played in Shepparton. You, you won a premiership before getting drafted. I think in 2017, you are able to play, for a, play in a premiership for your local team. Yeah, yeah, I, I was 2018, the flag was, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we played in the grand final 2017 as well. Unfortunately, lost that to the team uh, who we uh, eventually beat in the 2018. Um, yeah, it was always, it was uh, very good to, uh, yeah, win a flag with my local club. That is, it's something uh, definitely special that you can hold on. I know Tex did that as well yeah. uh, at North Broken Hill before before coming across to the Crows. But um, I guess before you got drafted to the Crows, did you know much about the Adelaide Crow Club or, you know, who'd you, who'd you grow up um, barracking for? Yeah, I was actually a North Melbourne uh, supporter oh, growing geez. up. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't too bad. I <laughs> had a few prelims here and there. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, before coming to Adelaide, I didn't know much, too much about uh, the big rivalry between uh, Port and uh, the Crows and, and how much uh, SA footy uh, means to these people. And, um, and, yeah, I was pretty quick to learn that, uh, that this is our footy state and uh, everyone loves it. How, how do you go about that? Like, obviously, I was you know, obviously you're an introvert. You're not someone who's really outgoing. You obviously come up against the big forwards every week and you're probably going to get them for the next 10 years. But how do you go, I guess, managing um, the enormity of footy in this state and then also on top of that playing against the, the best key forward that rolls in a town? Yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, um, yeah, as I said, but before everyone loves footy here and, um, and yeah, it's really hyped up, especially between the two two uh, teams in Crows and Port. Um, and yeah, with the forwards in that, I mean, I, I love the challenge. Um, I suppose it's yeah what I've been training to do. Yeah, as I said, I love the challenge and I uh, look forward to playing on some of the best uh, key forwards in the game. He's a real competitive bastard, old Butsy, isn't he? Sorsy? He is, like seriously, and, and this is what we love about him. So, Butsy, who's been the the biggest challenger for you, mate? Who's the one that's uh, might have you know had your measure? Yeah, I, I don't really like to name names, but uh, uh, every forward is is really different in uh, in you know their strengths and weaknesses. So. Um, yeah, it's just, just being able to adapt uh, in each week and, uh, and yeah, change up, you know, your defence and, uh, to, you know, capitalise on these forwards. So you don't want to name the name that, you know, might have got you... Ma- what about someone that you've taken the royal piss out of? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. As, as I said, no, I won't name names. But, uh, but yeah, no, they're all, they're all pretty hard. In the I nearly got himself. Don't give us that, <laughs> Butsy. So, uh, and, and now your time in Adelaide, mate. What's, uh, what holds off field? Are you doing anything outside of footy? And, and who are you, what are your living arrangements at the moment? Yeah, yeah, currently living with uh, Lockie Scholl and Will Hamill, nice. um, which is very nice. So, you know, it's a pretty good house, pretty fun house, I suppose. Else we, uh, I'm doing university at the moment, currently studying a Bachelor of Business. Oh, nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm doing the exact same uh, exact same course as uh, Sholly as well. So we always uh, hit the books together and um, make sure we get our assignments in on time. When you come over as well, interested to know this, Butsy, did you, you know, Daniel Talia was a stalwart of the, the back lines for such a long period of time for the Adelaide Football Club. Did you learn a fair bit off him pretty quickly? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I first came in the club, we were all uh, experienced key defenders. Obviously, you had Talia. Um, Hardigan, Andy Otten, those yep. sort of, Alex Keith as well, those yeah, sort of guys sure. that were, um, yeah, they were really uh, good for my development, and um, yeah, and no, I'm forever thankful for that that I got to uh, experience what they what they bring to the table. Nah, we love what you're doing in the tricolours, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on board on this Sunday morning on the Crows Radio Show. Beautiful boys, thank you very much for having me. Cheers, Butsy.
116 games to this man's name, 128 goals, 1996, best and fairest winner, of course, I speak about, Matthew Liptak. Lippy, you got us. Hello, g'day, mate. Good morning, Sauce. How you guys going? Uh, yeah. Mate, we're on, we're on top of the world. Thank you so much for jumping on the Crows Radio Show. We uh, might just touch base about your, about your time, mate, at the Adelaide Football Club. Like I said, 116 games and uh, 128 goals to your name. You were recruited from Glenelg, and uh, yeah, there must be some pretty special memories. Yeah, it was um, it was a great time of my life, a great time of uh, I guess in Adelaide's uh, life as well as the the the, uh, the beginning beginning the formation of the Crows and um, you know some great memories of that that initial uh, um, coming together of uh, the Adelaide community and I mean the Sandfell community community yep. where um, a bunch of us blokes were uh, brought together to we had been uh, the weekend or so the couple of months prior to flogging it, it out against each other mm. and for decades hating each other then to to be brought in uh and trying to win a position uh, position in this uh inaugural uh, Adelaide side was uh, pretty special and how how tough was it at the start there lippy obviously you know you you're belting each other's bloody heads off <laughs> not that long before that and yet you have to you have to come together was it a little bit frosty or you all got on um, there's some guys that knew each other fairly well off uh, off the field, but there was very much a, um, a team discrepancies, and uh, some of the guys would keep in keeping their um, their team groups for a period, um, even for the, throughout the first year or so. Uh, you had had a feeling that the you know the old foes were uh, never quite uh warming to each other and you know that's that's fair enough there yep. was some guys that have been playing for 10 or 15 years against each other and building each other yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as their supporters would were, were doing similarly so um from my point of view um i was just a young bloke i was just loving life i was just there amongst my heroes and uh trying to win a, a spot on this in this uh a uh, new blossoming club was just for me, just gold. Yep. How, how was the feeling, Lippy? Like you, you all come from traditional SANFL clubs with you know a rich history. You know a lot of these clubs have been around for you know probably a hundred years at that at that point in 1991. What was it like? Because obviously State of Origin was big then. How did it feel playing for a new club? Did it feel like you know you you were a part of something new? Did it feel like you were representing the state? What was the feeling around that? Yeah, you're both probably too young, but the first year or two years or three years, it was really like we were playing for the state and the state yep. was supporting us. And, um, you know, the, the uh, first uh, trial game, uh, we had 50,000 people crazy, packed in yeah. the free park. It was just crazy. And yeah. um, it was just super, super supported by uh, all and sundry. You know, it's unfortunate um, uh, Curl's passing over the last week, yeah, but... Yeah. You know that sort of support from him and Cornsey and uh, and uh, the likes. Uh, it was just enormous. And uh, the Sandfell, um, if uh, you guys uh, cannot remember, but were there. But it was incredibly large. And at that stage, we felt that uh, the competition was at, at least as equal to the VFL. Yep. And that's why those state of origins were immensely, immensely important to to both uh, states. To uh, to prove uh, who had superiority. Now, Lippy, we we'd love to talk more footy. Obviously, you won the best and fairest in 1996 mm-hmm. as well, so you had a fantastic playing career. But Tomo, we don't get too many people on uh, this show with this sort of uh, reputation off the field. So you're, you're an orthopedic surgeon, Lippy. Um, how did you go managing playing um, and obviously doing all your studies and your practical and all that sort of stuff as well? 
Yeah, I, I, I guess I was in a very lucky window. Um, I came on board and I'd already um, uh, completed three years of medical uh, studies prior to the Crows joining. I actually had deferred for a couple of years and then got coached back into medicine whilst I was playing. Yeah. Uh, the Adelaide Footy Club were uh, good enough to allow me to, to mix uh, and match a bit of my trainings and my studies and then I mixed and matched uh, my work commitments with my um, with my training as well. And so the footy club gave me uh, some fantastic um, ability to do that. Similarly, uh, um, where I went was Flinders Uni, and they uh, allowed me to do just things subtly different, um, but still had to do the rigours of uh, yep. passing and doing everything correctly. Um, then got to the end of my career, and I'd, um, I'd been working uh, for three or four years uh, full-time and uh, decided that uh, surgery was the place to go. And then I, uh, uh, once completing uh, my footy career, went into surgical training and then subsequently uh, became an orthopedic surgeon. Mm. Now, the, the surgeon side of it still still blows my mind. As I still uh, I f- still find it amazing what we can do, do in today's, uh, today's world. But how is it going in preparing to do to do a surge, uh, a surgery as opposed to playing a game of footy. Now, obviously, one's a lot more serious than the other, but is it is there any similarities at all? I think there's lots of similarities to lots of jobs. You know, yep. you um, you learn the foundation. The goal is to to get a good outcome. You know, the goal is to win the game. The goal is to have a a, a fantastic outcome, um, not just for that surgery, but the outcome for the patient. And a lot of the groundwork is uh, is firstly addressing and diagnosing the problem addressing and diagnosing a you know what you're going to do on the field that day and the strategy to uh, addressing that outcome is having the skills to get there and if you need be uh, changing that skill set uh, if things do or don't yeah. go in your favor so it's it's not too dissimilar in lots and lots of respects and um you know you put a lot of time and energy in learning um uh, how to develop those skills both from a diagnosis point of view how to use the instrumentation how to the instrumentation helps you get the outcome desired um so i think they're very very similar in lots of lots of lots of respect yeah Lippy, um, how important was it for you? Obviously, you, you started you studying beforehand before jumping on board with the Crows, but how important was it for you to do it while you were playing? Do you reckon it would have been tough like if you if you went sort of cold turkey and you kicked things off once you'd retired? I couldn't have done it. Yeah. Couldn't have been, I don't think I would have gone back. Um so it was, it was so important. I had the ability to study and and play sport. You know, my obsession was sport. My study was uh, was going to get me through the rest of my life, and I really, uh, you know, uh, was really interested in the area. But it wasn't. I wasn't obsessed in the yep. study side as as much as I was for the football. You certainly have one of the most unique careers in the AFL, which I'm sure you're very proud of. But thank you so much for for coming on and having a chat. Um, we love that you're engaged with the club with our past players as well, mate. So it's fantastic to have you on board, and um, we really appreciate you coming on for a chat on the Crows Radio Show. Anytime, Sauce. Tomo, uh, nice to speak to you. Thank Thanks, you, mate. mate. Nice little medical flavour about this show here, Saucy, yeah. as we introduce the sports science and fitness coordinator, Jared Wallace. G'day, Jared. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good, good, good. Hey, thanks so much for, for jumping on board the Crows Radio Show, mate. Firstly, I'd just like to touch base and uh, touch base with you in your time at the Adelaide Crows. How's that been? Yes, look, I've been here a little while now. Source can probably remember back when I, or maybe yep. you remember when I first walked through the doors. It's been, it's been just over 10 years, so 
seen a fair bit going in this place, but uh, it's, it's a great place to be. Now, Wally, before we delve into what you're doing now, let's go back to your experience with footy. Obviously, played a little bit of underage footy at Glenelg, um, and then obviously work took over, so you couldn't play, obviously, through majority of your 20s, but footy's always been a passion of yours. Yeah, look, and you've been very generous there, Source. <laughs> uh, one game for the Glenelg under 17, so a little bit's probably very generous. Uh, no, like I think like most uh, most young boys and now girls these days, grew up loving footy, loving cricket. Um, Unfortunately, probably we'll, we'll call it a combination of injuries and ability uh, sort of got in the way and, and sort of thought, well, instead of, uh, instead of trying to play it, why not uh, get involved in, the, uh, in some other part of it? I always thought the medical fitness side was, uh, was good and, and lo and behold, 11 years later, uh, here we are. Oh, I love that, Jared. Now, um, obviously, a, a big influence of Darren Burgess that's come over to the Adelaide Football Club. How have you found working in with him? Because, he, you know, obviously a, a hell of a name and a hell of a lot of experience to him. Yeah, you're ab- you're absolutely right. Um, I think uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing for our industry. If, if, if you know someone by name in our industry, you're obviously going, you're obviously going pretty well. So um, Burjo's been fantastic to work with. Um, I think more so is just his, as you sort of comment on his experience, and, and he's seen it all. So you know, whereas you know someone with a bit less experience might get a bit caught up in in some of the outside noise or or some of the commentary that goes on. Uh, I think Darren's is really level-headed, and you know, can sort of see the uh, the forest from the trees if we uh, if we put it that way. Yep. Without giving anyway trade secrets at the moment, well, um, what's what sort of things you're working on now? We we know obviously the boys are going through, or the club was going through that R word, which we don't like to mention anymore as we're starting to come out the other side of it. But how's it been the last few years? Because you know, obviously through my time there, the whole group dynamic sort of uh, sort of changes. How do you go about, I guess, giving boys a, a, a baseline and a platform to be able to play the best footy they can? Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic question, and I think probably you know I know we don't want to mention that that yeah. R word, but I think within our sort of circles, it's really important that we do acknowledge where the group is at, because yep. whereas, you know, maybe 2016, 17, 18, we had quite an experienced group, um, a lot of training under their belt, you know, they'd been through some pretty solid training years, um, a lot of those guys have still been there under Neil Craig, um, Stephen Schwert, so they had a really solid training base, we've now got, I, I can't give you the exact numbers, but I believe it's the, the youngest and most inexperienced playing list in the, in the competition, so... What we've been at, what we've sort of wanted to do is, is make sure that we are getting these guys ready to play AFL. And um, that probably means a little bit more running than some of the other, or uh, running and gym work. I shouldn't forget the gym work. Yep. Um, than some other clubs, you know, whereas an experienced club can probably do a bit more of a, a maintenance program, for lack of a better word. Yep. We've probably had to spend the last two years, three years building that, um, that fitness base to make sure they can compete at the level. And, and that's not taken away from the skill work. The skill work is, is priority number one, two, and three. But Maybe just, you know, a couple of sessions where we've had to just push them a little bit further or a little bit harder than we'd like. You know, understanding it might fatigue them a little bit, but knowing that in the, in the long run it'll be better for the playing group. How much has the game changed in the last, you know, probably five to ten years, really? I guess the, the types of running, the types of training we're doing obviously needs to sort of be front edge and, and cutting edge of, of the AFL as you don't sort of want to be left behind. What sort of things have changed and what's, what's sort of some of the main focuses now throughout the AFL? Yeah, I think a lot of the changes um, have been driven actually externally by rule changes um, or changes to what the players can and can't do during the week. So obviously, you know, the, the interchange cap is one of the most discussed and rotations one of the most discussed things are in AFL. Um, so you've, you've got that to consider. Whereas, you know, when I first started, I think we averaged 167 rotations in yeah. one of those years. We can now only have 75. Yeah. Um, so that obviously plays a big part in, in players have to be out there for longer, um, but they also get a longer break off when they do come off. Um, we've also got limitations on how often the players can be in the club. And, and obviously, life outside of football is really important for these players as well and, and becoming ever more important. So 
we've probably got to fit the same amount of work into arguably less a less amount of time. So some more bang for our buck. Um, yeah. I think in the end, like any sport, AFL, rugby, soccer, basketball, speed kills. So, you know, making sure that the players have the base to be able to win the the crucial moments are, are there. They've got the speed and the, the ability to, to, to get to that contest or to lay that tackle because in the end, ultimately, that's what decides the game of football. Yep. Now, Jazz, this is a big one to finish, mate, and controversial and you're really going to need your uh, honest opinion. <coughs> Beers in the change rooms after. Yes or no, please? Uh, is, is this a black or white answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's got a little um, bit of movement, mate. Well, it, it, it depends. If I'm talking about my, my local teams, it's Happy Valley Football Club. <laughs> the, the Vikings? Absolutely. Uh, the Happy Valley Vikings, yeah, that's where I grew up. Um, if, if we're talking about those clubs, I think it's a necessity, and, and any club that doesn't do it should be, uh, should be banned for a year. Um, oh, look, I, I think it's one of those things that it has its time and its place. Um, and, you know I, know, I know that some of the, the, the best times that, you know, Sauce is one that he yeah. can vouch for this, that, that hour after the game, yep. sitting down having a beer, you know, you can't be that. So I think that's really important. I think picking our, our time and a, and a place for it, um, because unfortunately, like if you're a, a pilot or a nurse and you've got a flight to get to or a shift to get to in a couple of days or a couple of hours, you've got to do everything right for your preparation. So um, there's a time and a place, but I think it's also making sure that, you know, everyone knows their limits and, and knows what's best for their performance uh, in the next next game or training session. Jared, you're a star, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on board the Crows Radio Show. Nah, thanks, guys. Che- Appreciate it. Cheers, Wally.